G'day, good live. It's great to be here with you at All In. Actually, you're at All In. And I'm on my 20th wedding anniversary with my gorgeous bride. And so I'm actually recording this before our tough conference, which by faith I know has been remarkable, has been, is about to be. You know because you're watching this after tough. Uh, it's been a remarkable ride this first term. And now we're launching into term two, doing All In together. And a uh, couple of key things that are happening. Number one, we're about to start a series called You Need More. I've found it in life that with little, you can do little, but with much, you can do much. Some people say, Pastor, I just want to feed my family. It's all I need to do. Well, I think, well, how about having a big enough vision to feed multiple families, even just one more? So you need more money. You need more resource. You need more time. And the way that we take care of these resources means that we've got more to be able to give to the purposes of God. I'm believing for more resources in your hands to be then given to the kingdom and the work of God through your hands. We're also launching into our Heart for the House season where you take one offering up every year where good life is get to be a part of the forward momentum. There you go, that word, momentum. Uh, of Good Life Church, both locally in our campuses, but also as we extend further and further. And so it's a great season to be alive. It's a great season to be a part of Good Life Church. Uh, and also, um, look, as at the time of filming right now, we've seen 142 people give their lives to Jesus Christ this year alone at our Good Life Church campus. Last year, 155. Right now, 142. This is remarkable. And so it shows that great things are happening at every campus, at every service. It shows that people are inviting, people are bringing, people are integrating newcomers and helping people fit. Great things are happening everywhere. And this is because of the great firm foundation that we're building this upon. Every good thing is built upon a firm foundation. And that's what I'm finding at every Good Life Church campus. This is not by accident. This is done by purpose. This is done through process. Um, every dream teamer will know, because they've done the growth track, um, is that we have passion statements that help people uh, not only live the good life, but be the church. We're not just, we don't just want to go to church. We want good lifers to be the church in the world, and we want them as individuals, but then corporately, we want to unleash more good. Now, the way that we go about this mission and this vision uh, is, is the way that we do teams is led by our leadership guidelines or our leadership values, which comes in in weeks three and four in Growth Track. You'll find things that we talk about that help us do team better, like we take the call of God seriously, but not ourselves. I want you to have fun. I think that the call of God should be enjoyed and not just endure. There are times when it's hard work. There are times when you just put your head down and you go for it and you give it your best shot. Um, but I'm believing that we would enjoy the journey with God and with the people that we do uh, this ride uh, with. You'll find our leadership values like family is the trump card. Uh, and that goes both ways. That means that if, man, things are rough in your family right now, well, we're going to give you some space and we're going to cover you as a team. But also, if things are continually rough within your family, well then we need to get involved and help. Family is the trump card. Good pastors get involved and help people with the way that they do relationships, even in the home. Um, one thing we do say is that we are fishers of men because we are followers of Christ. Every one of these leadership values are people-based. Um, another one that we talk about, very people-based, is that the person is more important than the job they do. 
This is the firm foundation that we've got. This is the firm foundation. It's a pattern that has been founded and then built upon over years and years and years. And it means that great things happen. Why? Because it's based upon an honor for God that then orients towards loving people. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment, you can't separate these two. It's just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what it comes down to. Our love for God then orients towards a love for people. There's a pattern uh, that we want to then build upon. And in Exodus chapter 25 and verse 40, it talks about where these patterns that we build upon come from. Now, this is Moses talking. And he's, he's, he's talking about what God is saying to him. And it says, See that you make them according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. And so God's saying to Moses, Hey, look, I've shown you how to build the kingdom of God. I've shown you how to build the house of God. I've shown you how to build great things, but build it according to the pattern that I've shown you. Where? On the mountain. Your moment with God. Your point where heaven touched earth and lives and hearts were changed and vision was given. At that point, build according to that. And this is why at Good Life Church, we include at every level the pattern that it's all about loving God and loving people. That's what we're here to do. Our vision, which is we are for our city, is all about people. Our city is not about buildings. Our city is about a place where people could be, uh, could be safe, could be strong, could be reached, could be loved, that there would be hope in our cities. Why? Because we had a vision for people and we build upon that pattern that we love people passionately. Um, and so um, that pattern then leads us to work with a bit of a balance and I don't think this is something that we solve, but I think it's a tension that we've got to learn how to manage as leaders and as team, as dream teamers, as people who are trying to help others take their next step on the dream team. We've got to realize that we're going to be balancing love and leadership. You're going to be balancing relationship that leads to results. You're going to be balancing people and performance. You're going to be balancing task and being in the trenches. These sometimes are difficult things to balance, but we've got to learn to be good at these things, realizing that there is a task to do and it's important, but every person you do that journey with is more important than the job that they're doing. And so you'll find you lean towards one or the other. There'll be task people and you've got to learn to get good at the people skills, start to get thoughtful and engaged with people and realize they're the people you're taking along for the dream. Every task is discipleship driven in a good life church aspect. So you can launch an apartment, but if there's not people doing the journey, that's not leadership and it's not discipleship. You might have a great initiative, but if it doesn't help people engage with the cause of Christ of either knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose or making a difference, well, then we've missed it. To do these things of love and leadership, relationship results, people and performance better, um, then we do have to ensure that we keep an eye on those things. We need to guard um, closely those very important aspects of people. Um, as we measure things that matter, as we look at tasks, as we look at performance, as we look at how do we reach people, how are we good at integrating people, how good are you in your campus of helping people get easy on-ramps into being involved in a dream team? Uh, you've got to rate that, you've got to measure that, you've got to look at these types of things because they're important, but the people doing that job are just as important. And so we want to work with that kind of tension. We must fight to keep building according to the pattern that God has given us. 
Now, the task works according to the pattern as well. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 18, we see that uh, this pattern of the four things of our mission that we're very clear on uh, is focused. And, and there's a lot of scripture backing into this one point in Ephesians chapter 1, where Paul really unpacks it very clearly. So says, keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him. We want people to know him. We want people to know God. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. We want to find freedom. We do that in connect groups. We do that in community. Uh, it goes on, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Every person's got a purpose on planet Earth. We want people to discover that purpose within the four walls of the church and as team, but also as they walk outside of the four walls of the church to redeem um, humanity and our world. And we want people to make a difference. These riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. There's tasks that are around doing this, and there's things that must be measured to make that happen. But there'll be people going, oh, it's so hard to work with volunteers, because sometimes that can be difficult. Well, I've seen that some people's experience, but other people never have that experience. Why? Because they're better at leading, at balancing these two things of love and leadership. They're balancing relationship and results. They're the people that get great things out of volunteers and help them reach and achieve great things. And they're a part of the call of God and the cause of Christ inside the four walls and outside the four walls, those that learn how to balance these two things and build according to the pattern that we've got. Some people don't engage volunteers when there's a task to do. Some people don't ask volunteers. And it could be for a couple of different reasons. These are some of the ones that I've seen. Number one, people say it's easy to do it by myself. If you want a job done right, you do it yourself. That will be a person who I guarantee you in the next 12 months will say, oh, this church, they take me for granted. Nobody sees what I do. That's right, nobody sees what you do because you never asked, you never involved, you never said who would like to be a part of this. You're fulfilling your destiny. You've found your purpose and making a difference, but you've actually failed to include anyone in with the journey. And so we've got key man risk because you've never asked anyone because it's easier just to do the job yourself. We've got to balance love and leadership. We've got to balance task and being in the trenches with people. But if you do task without being in the trenches with people, that's a recipe for disaster. Another reason why some people don't engage volunteers well, they just don't want to ask because they don't want to give people the difficult jobs. Well, I, I'm, or maybe the jobs that have got no recognition. Well, the Bible says if you're faithful in the small, God will give you the big. So why would you not give someone the opportunity to reach for the big by giving them their start with the small? Helping people take easy tasks, give people easy wins, letting people come in with easy on-ramps into areas of dream team. That's not just for your leader to do. You can make that easy for people to include as well. You can invite people to get to growth track and be a part of it as well. But some people just, they don't want to ask because they don't want to give away the tough jobs. And if you do that, guess what you're stuck doing? Tough jobs. And that's a recipe for disaster as well, isn't it? This church takes me for granted. There's certain parts of church life where attitudes go to die. And that's usually the places where people are faithfully doing what they're meant to do without actually involving anyone else along the journey of being faithful in the small so that God would give them the big. And here's the deal. God gave you the opportunity for the small and your life's gotten bigger. It's time to include others in on that journey, in that privilege. Um, here's the other reason why I think people don't engage volunteers. They'll just say, well, it's tough working with volunteers. Well, it is for some. 
But I, I'm reading in, um, in Exodus uh, and chapter 36, verses 2 through 7, there was a situation where the volunteers was, had such a great, great spirit that, that they had to actually tell them to stop giving. Um, then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given abilities. See, everyone's got a purpose. Everyone's ready to make a difference. And who was willing to come. There's a willingness. That's the volunteers you want, right? Everyone's like, yes, I want volunteers who are willing. Uh, well, I'm glad that we're all on that one. They're willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning so all the skilled workers who were doing all the work of the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to moses the people are bringing more than enough come on at every campus i want you to say this more than enough come on say it again say it loud more than enough that's the attitude of these volunteers right now that they were willing that they were generous and they gave more than enough that is the attitude of a team that will win and the difference between a team where people say, oh, it's tough to work with volunteers, and those where it's the complete opposite and they give more than enough, is usually the attitude of the leader. It comes down to, are you able to pitch a competent vision? Now, I'm not saying you need to beg. If you're asking people and they're saying no, and then you ask them again and they say no, and they ask, well, you're no longer the leader, you're a beggar, and that's never a position of leadership and power and influence. Now you're the nosebleed. So never beg. I would always pitch it just like Pastor Ben Perrin said at the, the all-in we were talking about a competent vision. Those three circles in the Venn diagram were about inspiration, having a plan, and empowerment. I would say that's the difference between a vision that people are going to jump on board and give more than enough, and for those that go, oh, it's difficult to work with volunteers. So I'm going to suggest that you look at those three areas, plan, inspiration, and empowerment, and go, well, what do I need to work on? There'll be one that you need to work on, maybe two that you need to work on. You'll find one that you'll be your strength. I'm really good at that. So you may need to learn how to actually work on the other two. One of the greatest things that you could ever do would be humble enough to go to your leader and say, which one do you think I need to work on? and then be humble enough to hear what they've got to say because you want to be a great leader actually stepping into the call of God to the next level for your life and helping others come through as well. So it's no longer about your performance, it's actually about the performance of your team. You create an environment where others thrive. Now that's leadership. Now you're talking a volunteer team that's ready to do more than enough because you said, I'm ready to do more than enough. This is what, I'm ready to stretch. I'm ready to grow. Leader, pastor, campus pastor, help me to learn and to grow. I want to be humble. I want to be teachable on this journey of learning how to do this. But these three circles of inspiration, planning, and empowerment sit upon a foundation of relationship and loyalty. Remember how we said it was love? and leadership it was relationship and results it was the task but being in the trenches with someone when you talk to someone and you say come on would you like to be a part of the team are you thinking i want to fill my roster i've got stuff that needs to be done so i need people to help me well if that's how you're thinking that's probably what you're saying and i can see it in your eyes anyone can see it but if, if you could talk to someone and they know that you would take a bullet for them, if there's a loyalty that on their darkest day, if their house was burning, you'd rock up 
with a hose and not marshmallows, but you would be there for them. You would fight on their behalf. You would advocate for them. You would be there for them in their best day and their darkest day. I feel it makes the pitch of vision, of the plan, of the empowerment, the inspiration, zing. The competent vision are those three circles, but if you can base that upon relationship and loyalty, well, then we've got something to do. So in the last few years, we've gone from one campus to four campuses. And so what it means is that it's been, what's happened at Good Life Church has been replicated. We've actually had to systemize stuff. And it's not my best case. It's not my best strong suit. I'm, I'm not great at the systemization. And so what I need to be as a leader is one that actually, with loyalty and relationship, says to the people who are great with the planning, especially, hey, okay, how do we add the inspiration, the empowerment to a great plan, and how do we help that happen? So the planning then gets systemized to ensure that we base everything based upon the plan, the pattern that God gave me and Beck on the mountain, godly leadership to be actually lead and guide that's worth replicating. This is really, really important. Why would we systemize it? Why would I as a leader see that as important? Because I want to know that at every campus we're doing the important things that this was already founded upon. There is a pattern that God gave us. Not of results and then going, well, let's try to build a relationship. No, it's relationship with results. It's not leadership and hopefully there's a bit of love. No, that's love that leads to brilliant leadership and, and involvement and love and loyalty with people. I want to know that we're building upon a pattern. So every Monday, I meet with all of the campus pastors on a lunchtime break for us to review every single one of our services. Youth service on Friday night, every Sunday service. Why? Because I want to make sure that we're building according to the pattern. Every Monday night, by the time a connect group pastor or a demographic pastor in your campus, before the, before the head hits the pillow... They need to give me a report of the pastoral care of people in the church through connect groups and the integration of newcomers every single week. Why? Do I like reports? Do I like emails? No. Why do we do it? Because it's important that we build upon the pattern. So we do these things. There's a number of things that we check and we measure the things that matter because love matters and leadership matters, because relationship matters and results matter, because people matter and performance matters because the cause that we've got is built upon a pattern that God gave us and we're not going to let it go. We want to replicate it. And so there's checks and balances and there's measurements. There's things that will happen. There's things that definitely won't happen in a good life church. Why? Because we trust that what God has given us is so remarkable that we want to guard it closely. It's going to be relationship and it's going to be results. I reckon we can do both. I reckon we could commit to doing both of those. And if you would head towards the task before the people stuff, well, then let's get good at the people stuff. And if you're the people person that struggles with the task stuff, hello, I don't struggle, I just don't enjoy it. I'd much rather love God and love people. I didn't get into this job for reports and budgets and venue management. I didn't get into this job at all for that. I go because God touched my heart. I got it because God touched my heart in such a way that he then said, come on, that love that you received from me and from other people, can you share that with other people? That's why I'm in this. And so we're going to balance love and leadership. We're going to balance performance and people stuff. You're going to find things like tasks need to happen, like communications 
need, need to head towards reports. You're going to find emails come through. You're going to find Slack channels. You're going to find Elvanto programming that just needs to get done. Why? Because these things matter that we actually do them well. We're going to measure what matters. And so we've got to measure. We've got to get data on how many people come through our doors and how many people say yes to Jesus. How many people join Growth Track? You should in your campus please be someone that wants to see more and more people join Growth Track so they could join the team of people that have discovered their purpose and made a difference so that we could reach more people, that they could know God and find freedom. Please, let's be passionate about these things. Goals will have goalposts. We'll measure what matters. There'll be tasks, but the pattern is always love first. Faith without works is dead, but it always starts with faith. It always starts with love, then it goes to leadership. So four quick things that are going to help you along this journey of growing with this balance of task and being in the trenches of people and performance, relationship and results. Number one, never become instructional. Like I said, faith always leads to works. It doesn't go the other way round. When you start to preach morality, it shows that you've lost your love for people. When you tell people what they should and shouldn't do. It was a number of years ago we actually banned those words in Good Life Church what people should, what Christians should, what leaders should do, what they shouldn't do. I want to live a life of, why wouldn't you want to? I'm like, come on, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be the best life ever. Come on, you want to join in with this? I don't want to preach instruction. I want to preach inspiration and faith. When I'm at Connect Group, if I'm all into instruction, I'm going, how come people won't do this kind of... You'll be a frustrated leader. You'll do your one-on-ones and you'll be telling people, you'll be sending judgments. You'll just be saying, just do this. You'll be saying, why doesn't my team do this? Well, your team doesn't see it because your team doesn't, your team doesn't do it because they don't see it. They don't see what you're trying to build and they don't see what you're trying to build by just ticking boxes of what you told them to do. Preach faith, preach vision, preach what God's doing inside of our lives. So never become instructional. Number two, always pitch faith and vision. But faith and vision is not, hey, let me tell you the vision of Good Life Church. When you're pitching to someone, never pitch the corporate vision or what's good for you, always what's in it for them. You've got to know your target audience. Walk a mile in their shoes. Like Realize what it's like to be them. Don't look at the single mum and go, oh, gee, we don't want them to serve, we should serve them. No, 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 no. Walk a mile in their shoes and realize maybe that single mum wants to be a part of something bigger and get out of that just for a minute to be able to be a part of a team and talk to adults and and get some support and rub shoulders with people. And so I'm going to say to a single mum, you could be a part of changing the world with those kids in your home and I want to pitch a bigger vision. I don't want to sympathize, I want to empathize. I've got to consider where they've come from, where they're walking, what's happening in their lives, and I've got to consider my target audience and think, what's in it for them? Faithful and the small, God will probably give them the big. Of course I want to pitch it, what's in it for them. It's going to be awesome. Would you like to be a part of this team? The third thing I'm going to do is I'm going to always believe in them and their growth. The Bible says, without a prophetic vision, people cast off restraint, they perish. You're looking for that from your campus pastor, I guarantee. What's the prophetic vision? Dave and Beck, what's the prophetic vision? No, 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 no. I want you to pitch it the other way for a second. What about the people that you're influencing and leading? You know the vision. We've already got that already articulated. If you're a dream team and you've gone through growth track, you know what that is. You know what we do. We've got four steps because we've got one big heart to love God and to love people and do great things in our cities and then to spread it across more cities. 
But what's the vision that's going to be the vision for them and their growth? That life is going to get better. They could be stronger. They could be more confident by tackling these things. Always believe in that person and their future. And so then when I've got to actually uplift them, I can say, you could be brilliant. And I really, really believe it. And when I say that, they know I think it. They know I'd take a bullet for them and they know I'd think it. And so I want you to be that person that does that for someone else. You can eyeball them and go, I believe in you. Always believe in the vision. The fourth thing, just as I wrap up, is be articulate in praise and wise in your connect- correction. So be articulate in praise. Don't be like, hey, good job. Why was it a good job? When you've got something to praise, tell them why. That was important. How you really helped that person. That was brilliant. They got to find freedom because you invited them to Connect Group on Wednesday. You invited them to crew. You invited them to youth. That that person got to discover their purpose because you said, would you like to go to growth track? That person got to say yes to knowing God because you invited them. Let them know. Be articulate in your praise. Let them know why it's good. And when you get the chance, reinforce the uniqueness. Hey, you did it in such. I couldn't do what you do. You're brilliant. Let them know know that the unique them is important and loved and appreciated. And if you want a team with great attitude, I would look for any time someone's got a great attitude on your team and praise publicly, privately, whatever it takes. I'd throw Cokes, coffees, anything. I'd be like, man, you, let me praise you. Let me tell you that was brilliant. And this is why? Because the attitude and the spirit you came in was excellent. It was loving. It was considerate. It was brilliant. So be articulate in your praise, but also be wise in your correction. Always correct with vision. Hey, as a part of the team, we're trying to achieve this. And Hey, look, let's talk about the way that you went about that. Hey, how, how do you think you went according to this vision that we've agreed to? So I'm going to be articulate in my praise, but I'm also going to correct, not according to being articulate and down that person, but go, how do you think? I let the vision direct and guide submission is coming under the mission and we can submit to one another in the fear of god it says in ephesians chapter 4 so correct with vision and with questions don't stew over it either because you'll just snap one day don't ever do that but also correct with love and belief it's interesting if you can show that love and belief that that loyalty for a person go hey look i reckon there's better in you could we talk about this i reckon i reckon there's more for you could we talk about the way that you went about this now, if you're wondering how to do this, and you're like, oh, I don't know how to do this correction, that's why you've got a campus pass. That's why you've got a connect group. That's why you've got demographic passes. That's why you've got a, a leader over you that you can go, how do I do this? I'd love to learn how to do this. And they might go, hey, you're great with the task, but let's talk about the people stuff. Hey, you're great with the people stuff, but it's time that you've got a diary. Ouch, that'll hurt some people. Sometimes in correction, I don't do it. I don't avoid correction, but sometimes there's a couple of reasons why, and when it comes from me, it's not right. Number one is because it comes from someone with the word senior in front of their name, senior pastor who's going to correct. It can feel heavy to people. And I, I, can, I can lavish love, and I'll, I'll do it when needed, that's fine. The other thing is because I'm, my role is now um, overseeing all of our campuses, I'm not at one campus as much as I ever would have been previously. And so sometimes my correction can come not with enough relationship that actually really um, softens the blows. And sometimes I'll be talking to a department leader, a campus pastor, and you've got to correct that person. That wasn't right. I'll walk them through and how to do it and why it's important. But I'm going to send someone with love. I want to make sure that, 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 that it's lathered in love, that it's covered in love, that, it's, that, that there's belief for that person that comes with relationship. 
because it's not just leadership, it's love. Um, it's not just results, it's relationship. I tell you what, if we avoid these things, if we avoid correction, you think you're being kind to someone, it's actually the least kind thing you can do is let that person stay ordinary. And so the way that we're going to do that is to make sure that we build according to the pattern by never becoming instructional, always pitching with faith and vision, always believing in that person and their growth and being articulate in praise but wise in their correction. We're going to build according to the pattern that God has given. We're going to measure what matters, but we're going to make sure that it's covered in love, that there's relationship, that we're in the trenches with people, that people are more important than the job they do. You better believe that job is important. We're going to measure it. We're going to communicate. We're going to get better. We're going to tweak. We're going to improve. We're going to grow. We're going to see more people come to know Jesus find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference than ever before. We're going to plant churches and it's going to get more complex, more tasks to do, but we're going to have more love to give along that journey. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today for leaders, team members, dream teamers growing in the call of God on their life. I thank you for your blessing and direction for everyone, your blessing in each campus, for each leader, for each dream team, oh Lord God, that you would go before them, bless them, Lord God, strengthen them, help them to make these great steps to bring the best out in other people. Father, I thank you that as we build according to the pattern that you've given us on the mountaintop, Lord God, that your blessing would flow before us, Lord God, strengthen us and give us wisdom as we apply these lessons in Jesus' name.